What is going on you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, hanging out, giving a watch if you're on the Twitch live stream. Um, Reminder, if you are listening to this audio portion, you can be watching these episodes live on Twitch. Uh, Just head to twitch.tv slash sports talk with swag. Uh, we go we go live we live stream every episode now, uh, which has been a lot of fun and been, I've been enjoying doing that. So make sure you do that, and then you can also create an account for free if you want, and then you can um, have the ability to talk in the chat, so we can uh, we can talk and interact while we're, while you know we're recording these episodes, which is always a lot of fun for me. So yeah, but today we. I have two different topics we're going to be covering. We're going to uh, get to the Royal Rumble, which was this past Sunday. We're going to recap the Royal Rumble, some of my favorite spots, uh, some of my favorite parts. Just go over each of the matches and how I thought the preview went overall. Um, but before we get to that, there was um, obviously some some very sad, heartbreaking news. Um, in the sports world, um, on Sunday, unfortunately, there was a, a helicopter crash um, in Calabasas, California, where um, nine people, uh, everyone on board, nine of them in total, were killed. Uh, and among those were uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. Um, and I'm sure everyone listening and watching this uh, has already heard of that, and they are well aware. Um, but, you know, I didn't, uh, I wanted to talk about it on the show. Um, I didn't, I don't want to make this seem like I'm making this about me at all. Um, and I don't, you know, I also don't want to make it seem like my opinion is, you know, somehow higher above anyone else's uh, on this situation or that my feelings are any more valuable than anyone else's because that's not true. That's not what I believe. Um, but I think for me, part of it is just to be able to process through it, to be honest, because, um, you know, I'm a massive sports fan, always have been, always will be. Um, and basketball has been my favorite sport for a very long time now. And for majority of the time I've been watching basketball, you know, up until three years ago when he retired, Kobe Bryant was a major part of that. Um, he he was a big player, uh, uh, you know, metaphorically and literally. Um, but, yeah, it was just very shocking, very sad. Uh, you know, obviously no one was expecting this to happen. Um, I was actually sitting right here. Um, working on some music when I got an alert on my phone saying that he had died in a helicopter crash and I stared at it for probably about a minute, um, just like with my mouth open and just in shock and I didn't believe it. I thought it may have been like, you know, either a mistake or, uh, you know, uh, someone was, you know, pranking a news station and saying that that had happened because that's happened before. There's been hoaxes with celebrities dying before. Um, and so I thought that might be what it is and I was hoping that's what it was, but then I hopped on Twitter and, uh, it had been confirmed and it was just blowing up. Um, and then just to hear that his daughter was in the helicopter as well, along with other parents and children and coaches, um, it was just sickening. I I was sick to my stomach. Um, and you know, for the past two days, I've kind of been wrestling with it because part of me was just so sad and so heartbroken and devastated by this news. Um, But then the other part of me just kept being so confused and frustrated and angry at myself of, you know, I've never met this man before. I don't, you know, really know him outside of 
the sports world. Um, I've never seen him play live. You know, Kobe Bryant only exists on the television screen and on my computer. Um, you know, from you know, just from watching him play basketball and, and social media. That's all his existence is to me. But it affected me so much deeper um, in a way I, I wasn't really expecting. Um, but I think that's part of it. It's just that this was unexpected, you know. Um, no one really saw this coming because, you know, he was a, he was a happy, healthy guy. Um, you know, he's you know, no, no health conditions, no known, you know, mental health issues. He seemed to be really happy and, you know, um, satisfied in, in retirement and, you know, and just living his, his life, you know, with his businesses and his ventures and his, you know, his family life. Um, and just, you know, for a helicopter crash to end it all, um, and, and, and his daughter's life too. And, and again, everyone else in the helicopter, I don't want to discount anyone else that was lost in this, in this tragedy, but, um, you know, it was, it's just crazy. And I, I had to keep battling myself of why am I feeling so strongly about this? Um, and I think it just came to the point where it was just like he was just a huge part of something that is a huge part of my life. You know, um, basketball is a major part of my life. I love it so much. You know, I love basketball. Um, and, you know, like I said, he was a major part of it. And like one of the things about Kobe Bryant was he was just such a polarizing athlete and 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 basketball player and person um and you know he was so talented and gifted and well respected in the NBA world um and you know he he accomplished everything you can want to accomplish in a, in an NBA career in a professional sports career and then some um you know, and he was just so inspiring um, and dedicated to his craft. Uh, you know, he loved basketball more than anything. And he worked harder than anyone else on and off the court, um, you know, in, in practices and in drills and in his own workouts and in his own, you know, getting shots up in the gym late at night, early in the morning. Um, and then obviously on the court as well. He just gave it his all every single day, uh, and it was inspiring. And you know, he he helped revolutionize the game of basketball because um, he was just so talented, and you know, one of those players where it was just like you just hope that he has an off night <laughs> because outside of that, there's not a whole lot you can do to defend this guy. Um, and he was an incredible defender as well, and I'll get to all that. Um, but, you know, he was one of those people where I, I loved to hate him when he was playing. You know, I loved to cheer against him. Um, he was one of those people. You know, it's not like, you know, right now, you know, like there's players like James Harden where I, I'm just frustrated by the way they play. I think it's not a great way to play the game. It's just annoying. Um, but like with Kobe, it was just like, he did everything right. He was such a talented player who, you know, it just, he was so good. And that's why it annoyed me because I wasn't a Lakers fan. And so anytime I watched him, I wanted him to lose and I wanted him to do badly because he was so good. And because he was so good at, I don't even know how to put it. Like, it's not like he was so good but like he he cheated or he was he was a dirty player or anything like that he was just good because he was good and because he worked for it um and so you know i wanted to see other people beat him you know because he was just like this you know mount everest of the nba um where you wanted to see him lose because you were so used to seeing him win and succeed and do so well um but so you know all i have to say was he was just one of those people where you know, like I said, he was polarizing. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone in that, in that feeling of just, you know, so many people um, watching Kobe Bryant 
you know, either you, you know, you were a diehard Lakers or Kobe fan and you loved seeing him succeed, or you were like me where you were either at one point a Clippers fan or even just like uh, a Hornets fan like I was or a Knicks fan, whatever, you know, like it's just you loved if you were in that situation to see him lose because he was just so good and it was so rare to see him lose and to not, you know, succeed beyond all measure. Um, and outside of that, he was, you know, in the public eye into in other people's accounts that have since spoken out since Sunday, an incredible father, um, loving father and loving husband. Um, you know, he was in the helicopter with his daughter, uh, Gianna, and a couple of her teammates and their parents on the way to one of her travel basketball games. Um, he, you know, showed up to, I think, every game. I think he, I don't know if he was a coach or not, but he showed up to all the games and he took her to NBA games and they would sit courtside. Um, and just, I remember like two weeks ago reading a story about how up until this season, since he retired, Kobe didn't watch any basketball. He didn't even have league pass. Uh, he just didn't watch the NBA. But his daughter was so fascinated by it, and she wanted to watch it that they, you know, he got league pass, and they would watch games together. And I think it was like every, you know, Tuesday night or something was their night of the week. They would just go down to the theater room, whatever, and just watch basketball for hours together and study it. Um, and you know, he would teach her. And there's countless videos on you know instagram and twitter of him getting up shots with her in his in his gym or in his um you know his outside and at their court or whatever um and he was always bringing her to games it was just you know they had such a great bond and relationship over basketball and she was so talented too um you know she she was i think on track to head to the nba um and speaking of that you know Kobe Bryant was also such a proponent for the WNBA and for women's college basketball more than anyone else I can think of, honestly. Um, and just always supporting. He would go to games. They, his daughter was a huge UConn fan, so they'd go to UConn women's basketball games all the time. Um, you know, he, he always loved the WNBA and showed up to watch games and just was always speaking out for them and supporting them. Um, so, you know, he just was such a good, uh, you know, ambassador almost for, for the sport of basketball. Um, and, you know, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention it at this point. Some people know, some people don't. But, you know, a while back um, in the early 2000s, I believe it was, he was, uh, he was accused of, I believe it was rape. Um, and... You know, I don't exactly remember how that, and I, I don't, I know that he wasn't uh, eventually found uh, guilty of it or, you know, served any time for it. I don't exactly remember how that went. Um, you know, I, I think that is something to be noted that this is also, it was an interesting day for sexual assault survivors. Um, seeing someone who was uh, accused of sexual assault, again, it was alleged we don't know if it happened or not. Um, that's just that's just how it is. Um, you know, I'm not going to say if I think he did it or not. That's not my place. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't just bring that up and talk about how that was. It was a tough day on Sunday for sexual assault survivors to see someone who was accused of sexual assault um, passing away, which is obviously sad regardless um but you know the fact that he was accused of this and people are celebrating his his life and and you know making such a spectacle spectacle out of it it can be tough you know i can imagine i can't say that i know but i can imagine that would be tough uh for people in that situation um and so you know i i don't have a whole lot to say on that just because I don't think it's really my place, especially as, as a white man, <laughs> I don't think I really have much say in that area. Um, but you know, I, I just, I wanted to mention that that is also a part of his life. Um, that was a big thing. Um, I believe if I remember the correctly, the charges were eventually dropped 
but that doesn't mean he didn't do it. Doesn't mean he did do it. Um, but I just wanted to to put that out there as well to to make that known. Um, you know, that, that that was a thing, and to you know give credence to the people who were not feeling only sad uh, when this news came. Um, just feeling a lot of feelings. So um, with that being said, um, let's move to some a little more upbeat stuff about Kobe and, and, you know, move on from some of the grieving and mourning part of this to kind of the celebratory part of it. Um, you know, like I mentioned, he was one of the best basketball players of all time. And so I think it, I thought it would be fun here to just go over some of the accomplishments and statistics um, about his career um, to just kind of celebrate him and remember how incredible of a player he was. Um, so let's go here where we have his page. Um, so for his career, he averaged 25 points a game. Uh, 5.2 rebounds and 4.7 assists on 45% field goal percentage, uh, 84% from the line with a 23 PER rating and a, and 127, so sorry, 172.7 win shares. Um, and so again, for those who are unaware, uh, right here, you know, PER is player efficiency rating, which is a measure of per minute production standardized such that the league average is 15. So the average NBA player at the end of their career will have a PER, a player efficiency rating of 15. He finished with a 23, which is very good. Uh, and then win shares uh, is an estimate of the numbers of wins contributed by a player. So basically, this is how many wins his team got basically calculated is is because of him because of him playing in that game they won that game and 173 basically win shares um you know again very good um in total where are his totals he actually we i have them up here so we're just going to go so he was an 18 time all-star which um is second most of all time, uh, only behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who had 19, um, and he's just ahead of LeBron, who, including this season, has 16. Um, so he's second of all time. He's ahead of LeBron, Tim Duncan, Cameron Garnett, Shaq, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Dirk, Jerry West, all these people. He's ahead of all of them. He was, like I mentioned, only second on that list, one behind Kareem. Uh, which is incredible because I think I believe he played 20 seasons. Um, let me just double check here really quick. He played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yes, he played 20 seasons. Um, and so 18 of them, he was an all-star, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, he is a five-time champion, which um, puts him in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth place, um, tied for sixth place. Um, on the all-time, you know, most championships for a player. Um, put some tied with, you know, the likes of George Mikan, Jim Pollard, Slater Martin, who were all on that um, 50s Lakers dynasty. Um, Larry Siegfried, Don Nelson of the 60s and 70s um, Celtics. Uh, dynasties uh michael cooper uh magic johnson ron harper um who were all on the lakers dynasties um you know dennis rodman Derek fisher tim duncan Derek fisher all those you can definitely attribute to kobe bryant um but yeah so you know technically tied for 14th place if you know it depends on how you look at it but i just look at it as he's tied for sixth um, for most NBA championships as a player. 
Uh, he's a 12-time all-defensive team player, uh, which puts him tied for second uh, with Kevin Garnett, only behind Tim Duncan, who's in first with 15. So again, that puts him ahead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Scottie Pippen, Gary Payton, Michael Jordan, um, Bobby Jones, Chris Paul, Dennis Johnson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Jason Kidd. Uh, a lot of people who I think would be considered some of the best defenders of all time. And Kobe obviously deserves to be right up there as well. Um, nine of those were first team, uh, which puts him tied for first. Um, never won defensive player of the year, but, you know, not anyone, everyone can, not everyone can win that. Excuse me. Um, but again, so tied for second for most um, def- all defensive team selections. Uh, he was a four-time All-Star Game MVP, which is tied for first as well. Um, him and Bob Pettit were four-time All-Star Game MVPs. Uh, that puts him ahead of the likes of Michael Jordan again, Oscar Robertson, Shaq. Uh, LeBron, Bob Cousy, Julius Irving, Isaiah Thomas, Carl Malone, Magic Johnson, all those people. Um, so tied for first again in that. He was a 15-time All-NBA team player, um, which is tied for first as well, um, with LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Tim Duncan. That puts him ahead of the likes of Carl Malone, Shaq, Pop Cousy, Jerry West, excuse me, Dolph Shays, Hakeem Olajuwon, Dirk, Michael Jordan. Again, all those people, he, had, he was more than that. Uh, so again, tied for first for most all-NBA team selections. Um, he's fourth all-time in points scored. Uh, this stat may sound a little familiar because... Um, Depending on how you look at it, you can say it was kind of creepy or eerie or maybe a little beautiful, whatever, how you look at it. Uh, Saturday night, LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant for to become third all-time on the NBA scoring list. Um, you know, and that's another kind of crazy part of this is that um, you know, Kobe tweeted out Saturday night about this and congratulating LeBron, and I believe... Kobe actually spoke on the phone with LeBron Sunday morning before he got on that helicopter um, talking about it, which is just wild. Um, but yeah, so he's fourth all time, was third, but again, ahead of the likes of Michael Jordan, Dirk, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq, um, Moses Malone, Elvin Hayes, Hakeem, lots of big names that he was ahead of. Um, Seventh all-time in minutes played. Um, so he <clears throat> was ahead of, again, Wilt Chamberlain, who funnily enough, Wilt Chamberlain actually has the highest average of minutes played per game. Um, but he's behind Kobe in all-time minutes played. Um, Ahead of John Stockton, LeBron, Reggie Miller, Tim Duncan, Gary Payton, all those guys, you know, considered kind of the the uh, Iron Men of of the NBA. Um, what else? He's sixth all time in field goals made. Um, again, just going back to his scoring and how incredible that was. Um, ahead of Shaq, Dirk, Elvin, Hakeem, Alex English, you're going to see a lot of these same people on this list. Um, with with scoring but um yeah just a, another incredible feat for kobe sixth all-time in all-time field goals made uh third all-time in free throws made only behind um the malone actually i can't even call them siblings because they're not related but carl and moses malone who have made the most field goals of all uh, free throws of all time excuse me carl malone being the second highest uh in scoring of all time so again, ahead of Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, LeBron, Dirk, Jerry West, Paul Pierce, Adrian Dantley, Kareem, um, all those people, he's ahead of on that list. Uh, and then another thing real quick, kind of like the last thing for this Kobe thing. Um, so he, so recently, today, um, a lot of NBA players and teams have been uh, unofficially 
retiring his jersey numbers of 8 and 24. Um, which, you know, think of that how you will. Look at it how you will. Uh, some people think it's a great tribute. Um, I, when I first heard of that, I thought that was, you know, awesome. I thought that was really great. You know, the Mavericks have retired the number 24 from their franchise, so no one will ever wear the number 24 again. Um, but I saw like, and, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Nets, uh, who normally wear number 20 or number eight, I believe, switched his jersey to number 26. Um, but I saw an interesting tweet on this today, um, which made me think differently uh, from Michael Lee, who is a senior writer for The Athletic. Um, and he said, I respect any decision players make about their jersey numbers as it relates to Kobe Bryant's death, but I truly believe that the best way to honor him is to continue wearing numbers 8 and 24. Every time we see them, we'll know who inspired them and what it means. We'll think about Kobe. And then he followed up with saying, My favorite athlete of all time is Jackie Robinson. MLB decided to retire the number 42 around the league out of respect for what he represented for the game. Every player wears 42 on Jackie Robinson Day, but I miss seeing it all the time and reflecting off more often on his influence on this nation. Um, which I, you know, I think is great. I think that's a great perspective to have on that. Um, and I, I kind of changed my mind, honestly. I think that's pretty cool. And I like that because I do agree, you know, because anytime you see someone wearing the number 23 in, in any sport, uh, you know, you think of Michael Jordan. Um, and since, you know, his retirement, some teams have retired his jersey number, f you know, from their organization, from their franchise. Uh, but other people, like you said, when you see, you think about Michael and you know that that's why they're wearing that number. Um, so I think that does make sense, you know, of wanting to keep people wearing the numbers 8 and 24 just to respect him um, and remember him uh, because he's the reason why they're wearing those jersey numbers, which I think is pretty cool. Um, excuse me. But all in all, uh, at the end of the day, I, um, you know, I just wanted to, to try to pay my respects a little bit to Kobe Bryant um, and just give my thoughts on this tragedy that happened. Um, so I appreciate you bearing, bearing with me through that. Um, and hopefully, you know, you know, I, I think we can all appreciate just how incredible of a player and athlete he was and how dedicated he was to his craft um, of basketball. So, yeah. Um, so now to kind of completely pump the brakes um, and do a little bit of a, a U-turn, I guess you could say. Uh, we're going to totally change topics and, and tone here. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble which was this past uh, Sunday night. And uh, I thought it was pretty great, honestly. I really did. Um, I'll go over each match individually uh, at the end here. But overall, my thoughts, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great pay-per-view. Like I've said on the uh, preview episode, the Royal Rumble is always my favorite pay-per-view every year. Uh, and it didn't disappoint. Um, I thought there were some really cool moments, and I thought there were some not great moments, but um, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But I wanted to just go through a couple of the highlights and big points um, that I kind of picked out uh, for my, on my own accord. And, you know, in my opinion, these were some of the, the high or low points of the night. Um, and I don't know if this will necessarily work. So I'm going to. Try and see if, real quick, just to see if we can capture the audio, which I don't know if we're going to be able to do this for the podcast. I'm just trying to think here. I'm going to try to think out loud so we don't have dead air like the last episode. Because I'm still trying to figure out OBS um, for the live streams here, and I don't know how to capture desktop audio. Um, and I've tried figuring it out several times and none of them have worked. And I'm not sure 
I just need to get like a second monitor to also make this easier, but I don't know if it's because I'm on a Mac that it kind of won't work, but because I go to audio output capture properties and I just can't choose anything, which is kind of annoying. So let's see. That's not going to do it. Um, let's see if I try a different scene here. Well, if I go to this, bear with me, Twitch stream. So this is, let's try to add. Well, no, because display capture green. Look at this. Zero, crop, none. Uh, what if I did this? And then I tried to do window capture. Okay. And we made it. Um, this. Okay. But then I don't think it's going to actually capture audio from it output yeah I still can't do anything that's kind of annoying I don't think the audio is going to work which is really unfortunate because oh gosh now I just missed this all up. We can just delete this. Where do you want to put? Oh, we want to delete the window capture. Yeah, there we go. Um. Hmm. All right. Well, that's unfortunate because I had some clips I wanted to watch. Because this is of Edge's return at the Royal Rumble. And it was such a big pop. Man, I'm bummed the audio wasn't working, but this was such a cool... Let's make sure... Yeah, it's not working. Um, that's so unfortunate. I really need to figure out how to do that. But anyways, so I guess I'll just describe and just talk about them then instead. Um, so Edge's return was obviously incredible moment in the Royal Rumble. Um, fans were losing their mind. I was losing my mind with my, my, my friends. Um, you can see right here, if you're watching the live stream, you can see the emotion on his face of just like... 10 years of working for this moment and it's finally happened and he's finally back. Um, and you could just tell how amped he was and how happy and excited he was to be back. Um, and everyone else was just as, you know, amped and excited. Um, yeah, it was just such a cool moment and it's great to have him back. He supposedly has signed a, uh, a three-year deal with the WWE and it looks like he's mostly just going to be uh, fighting at big events so maybe Saudi uh, if he goes but if not then probably like Wrestlemania SummerSlam you know the big four and then maybe like one or two here and there in between um, but yeah so that was a really cool moment good to have him back and then obviously last night on Monday Night Raw they set up a program for him and Randy Orton, which um, 
they can either blow it off in Saudi Arabia, which I really hope they don't. I hope they save it for WrestleMania because that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so that was good. And then uh, AJ Styles is unfortunately injured uh, and by Edge actually uh, in the Royal Rumble. Um, again, for the live stream, you can watch it here. But you know, AJ Styles and Edge kind of have a face-off. They're staring off in the middle here. I'm just trying to describe this for the audio listeners. And they start hitting their shots on each other, getting some offense in. Um, AJ hits a Pele kick on Edge. And then Irish whip. And then, boom, hits the spear. And right there, you can see AJ Styles, um, his shoulder just gets caught underneath him. And it just, it looks bad. And so we'll watch it one more time here. So watch when he hits the spear. Watch AJ's shoulder. Boom, just gets caught. And then you can see, well, actually, you can't see because the clip isn't long enough. But he, he doesn't move his left arm for the rest of the time he's in the match. Uh, he goes into the corner where the medical team are talking to him. And then you see him go over to Edge. You see him say something. And then Edge throws him out very easily. And then he's just done. Um, which is the clear sign. I saw that happen live, and I was like, something is seriously wrong. Um, and it turns out he has a separated shoulder. He, sh- he separated his shoulder during that. Um, so I don't think, last I checked, there's no timetable for his return, uh, which is super unfortunate. And I'm sure, you know, Edge definitely was feeling that. And, it, you know, it's a huge bummer to have this massive comeback uh, and then immediately injure one of the top stars. Um, but. You know, it's not entirely on edge. Uh, sometimes it's just like how it goes. Um, but that being said, um, you know, all the best for AJ Styles. Hopefully he has a quick and speedy, you know, those are the same thing. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery and he can be back for WrestleMania because that'd be a bummer if he misses it. Um, but yeah. And then speaking of that, there is another injury in the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, and it was uh, Edge's wife, Beth Phoenix, who also made a surprise return. Um, And you can see it right here. Boom! It's hard to see, um, but you can see the ref pop up, um, and you can immediately see um, Bianca Belair cradle the back of her head. So for the audio listeners... uh, they're on the ropes in, the, in one of the uh, corners, turnbuckles. Beth is up against them, and, and Bianca Belair is, you know, on the offense. And Beth Phoenix is leaning back, and Bianca hits her head, and it bounces back and smacks off of the ring post. And that's where she cuts her head open. Um, and if you, if, again, if I had the audio, this would be better, but you can audibly hear the smack of her head off of the ring post. It's loud and it sounds really bad. Um, and then immediately you see the ref run up, like he jumps up on the side of the ring because, you know, he could hear it. You can hear him talk to Beth and then he quickly jumps down and then you see um, Bianca Belair cradle the back of her head and immediately put pressure on the wound. Um, so let's just watch it here real quick. Jumps up, immediately puts pressure on it. Um, and yeah, I didn't hear it or see that initially. I just saw the ref jump up. Um, but then watching it back, you can actually hear a lot of people in the crowd go, ooh, because I guess they could hear it a lot better. Um, but that being said, she, she finished out her entire time in the match. Um, and <clears throat> it was nasty, though. Like, the majority of her platinum blonde hair was red with blood. It was pretty gruesome. Uh, it was hard to watch at times because uh, it kept getting worse. Um, but, you know, she's, she's a champion and she's, um, you know, <clears throat> she stuck it out and she, she finished. Because clearly, because that was the thing is when I was watching it live, all of a sudden I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Her head is gushing blood out the back, and it's and it's painting her, her hair red. Um, and so I was like, someone's got to throw her out of there and just get her out, just like you know, eventually would happen with AJ Styles. But I was like, someone's got to get her out of here. That's not good. Like she's losing a lot of blood. 
Uh, and then she stayed in, she stayed in, she stayed in. There was opportunities for people to just throw her out and they didn't. And I was starting to get upset because I was like, is she just like feeding off adrenaline? It's just like, no, like I'm fine. One of those things where it's like, but it's like, no, you're actually not fine. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it got to the point where I was like, all right, clearly she's here for a spot. Like something is supposed to happen involving her that cannot happen yet. Um, which we saw eventually come true in her um, eliminating Natalia towards the very end of the match. Um, you know, and I think being in the top four, three. Um, and so, yeah, that's why she stayed in, um, which, you know, I get, and I, I hope she's okay. I've been checking every day since it happened, um, you know, several times every day, and I haven't seen any updates on her, um, her injury, but I guess she's fine, and she just had to, I don't know if she had to get it stitched up or, or what, um, but, you know, looking at Edge's Twitter as well, he hasn't said anything about it other than I think he said, my wife is a badass. So um, all signs point to her being good <laughs> and fine. So that's, that's you know, good to hear. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty gruesome uh, head injury there. Um, let's, let's move on. Um, the last highlight I wanted to show is just Drew McIntyre limiting Brock Lesnar. Um, so bear with me, audio listeners, for just you know a minute and a half while while I watch this with the with the uh, Twitch stream. Man, that oh, that was so fun to watch happen live. Um, and I think the crowd pop may have been just as big for that as it was for when Drew actually won the whole Rumble. That, that may have been probably, that was probably the second biggest pop of the night outside of when Edge returned. Um, and that was a really cool moment. And I'll touch more on that in a little bit. Actually, I think, so I'm just going to walk through. I said, yeah. So I'll talk, I'll talk about that later at the end when I get to the men's Rumble. But So I just want to go through the match card now and just kind of give my thoughts on... Um, on all the matches and how they went. Um, so started off in the pre-show with uh, Sheamus versus Shorty G in, um, you know, and I got this prediction right. And what a lot of people were, I think everyone was expecting was Sheamus beating Shorty G. But it, it lasted 12 and a half minutes, which is a lot longer than I was expecting. And I would assume what a lot of other people were expecting. I was expecting this to be a squash match for Sheamus, but... Shorty G really hung in there, and he definitely had some times where he had the momentum and the upper hand, um, which for his sake is good because it doesn't make him look bad in losing. Um, but for Sheamus, it doesn't quite help build him back up to a, a like main event level of like being really fierce and a formidable foe. I don't know. I, I, if I thought this didn't do much for Sheamus, um, but you know, as expected. Uh, the next match was Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo for the U.S. Uh, title. And again, as expected and predicted, Andrade retained. Um, and what was a great match. So this match lasted 14 minutes, which is I thought was the perfect amount. Uh, I thought each guy got an incredible amount of offense, like in the fact that they both got, I think, an equal amount of offense, but both of their offenses are really good Um but yeah, this was a great match. I actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was the right outcome. You know, it doesn't make sense for Umberto to just continually be handed U.S. title opportunities, um, especially after he keeps losing them. Um, but that being said, um, you know, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, and unfortunately, today it was announced that Andrade has been suspended 30 days for violating the wellness policy. Um, which I want to point out, I've pointed out multiple times on Twitter today, um, but I wanted to also point out here now on the podcast um, that if you violate the wellness policy, that doesn't mean uh, that you are taking steroids. Um, that's just what everyone's mind immediately goes to, but it can be that he had prescribed medication that he didn't declare uh, to the company and let them know that he was taking. 
Um, it could be that he missed a drug test for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a multitude of, frankly, kind of stupid reasons for you to uh, get a violation on the wellness policy. Um, and it seems like, I, don't, I shouldn't say it seems like, but I'm hoping that's what happened. I feel like with who Andrade is, that seems like what would happen. Um, he doesn't, you know, seem like the kind of person who would be caught up with steroids. Because, you know, lest we forget that Roman Reigns also served a 30-day suspension a few years back for a, a wellness policy. And it wasn't, um, you know, for steroids. It was just for medication that he had failed to, to uh, declare to the company. I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up, actually, because I don't want to eat my words here. But I do believe. Let's just see really quick. Um, Let's just see. Well, um, on June twenty first, Reigns was legitimately suspended by WWE for thirty days due to violating the wellness program, WWE's internal drug testing program. Uh, Pro Wrestling Torch and the rap reported that WWE knew of Joe's violation before Money in the Bank, leading to Reigns being scripted to lose his world title at the event. Um. Hmm. Well, it looks like it doesn't say. <clears throat> but I feel like I remember that being the case. Um and it wasn't due to steroids because again roman reigns is the kind of person where you wouldn't expect him you know the, just his character um like actually um his personality to to do that but anyways um the next match was roman reigns versus king corbin in a false count anywhere match which went 21 minutes which i thought was a little too long roman reigns won which i predicted correctly yay um this match was kind of boring honestly i didn't super enjoy it there's about a five minute span towards the end there where the action and the cameras were exclusively on Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and the Usos. Reigns and Corbin were nowhere to be found. Um, and then the match kind of ended what seemed a little out of nowhere with a spear on top of the dugout. Um, and it was just like over. Um, which didn't completely make sense to me. It kind of came out of nowhere. Me and my friends who were watching were kind of just like, that's it? It's over? Um, but that being said... Um, it was, it was fine. I'm really hoping that was the blow off and that we can just move on from this feud. Uh, I really just want to move past this. Um, cause I'm just, I'm sick of Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Um, and that's not a knock against either guy. Cause I think King Corbin gets way too much flack for, I think how good of a uh, wrestler and character he is. Um, but he just keeps getting stuck in these long, long, long feuds that are just boring um, and dragged out. So I'm really hoping that this is over. Uh, the next match was the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, in which Charlotte Flair won by last that she won by last eliminating Shayna Baszler, who I predicted would win. So I did not get this one right, but I was very close. Um, I said it on the preview show and I'll say it again. Why? I don't know why Charlotte needed to win the Royal Rumble. Um, it was unnecessary. It was just like, it felt, it feels to me like, like 2010 John Cena, where it's just like he, she just, she wins everything. Um, like I said, I know that it was, it's the last, literally the last thing that she had to accomplish. Uh, on her resume, you know, she's won every world title there is for her to win. Uh, she's a 10 time women's champion. Um, you know, she's main event at WrestleMania. She's now won a Royal Rumble. And that's, it's all been done in like a five year span too, which is just like, 
way too much. Like that is forcing someone down your throat. Like I don't understand how people enjoy Charlotte Flair as much as they do uh, when they criticize so much the, you know, superstar treatment of John Cena and Roman Reigns and guys like that. But like they don't necessarily for Charlotte. It's just kind of frustrating. Um, I don't really know what that is, but I'm just kind of sick of her. Like I said, I really wanted her to um, somehow just get written off and just give her like a three-month vacation or something. Like let her just disappear from my TV for a little bit. But instead, she won the Royal Rumble. And so who knows what she's going to do now. Um, I've read some reports um, that apparently... Like, we need to pay attention and not just, like, be so upset about her winning because um, supposedly there are some really cool plans in store for her road to WrestleMania, um, which makes me think think that there's a possibility that she will challenge for the NXT title uh, and Rhea Ripley, which I think would be sick. I would love that because... In the Women's Royal Rumble, NXT was definitely like heavily involved. And, you know, Bianca Belair got a massive, massive rub and she looked really good. Um, Shayna Baszler had a quick run in there, but she looked really good too. Um, and then, you know, Candice LeRae was in there for a little bit. Um, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, uh, um, Zia Lee, you know, lots of. of Really talented women from NXT, and they looked really good. But then the Ben's Rumble, there was, like, I think it was just Matt Riddle and Keith Lee, and they both were eliminated within, like, a minute, which I was really upset about. But that being said, um, you know, Charlotte's going to WrestleMania, and who knows what's going to happen there. But I was very disappointed and upset with how that match ended. But overall, the Women's Rumble, I think, was very good. I thought it was Better than the men's rumble. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that's, you know, two years in a row now. Maybe three. I I don't fully remember the first women's rumble, but they've been consistently good women's rumbles. Um, But yeah. Next up was Bailey versus Lacey, where Bailey retained. Uh, This match was under 10 minutes, which made perfect sense. I'm kind of glad they did. Uh, because this is the toilet match and they didn't try to overextend it or shove anything down your throat. They just kind of let it be a toilet match because there was nothing to this match. It was just like a SmackDown match. Very boring. Very, you know, nothing really happened. Um, unfortunately, I was wrong in my prediction, but whatever. Um, Bailey won and I'm still bored by her. That's all I have to say. Um, Next up, The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the WWE Universal Championship in a strap match that lasted 17 and a half minutes. I thought this was great. I really enjoyed this. Um, Daniel Bryan continues to bring out the best in his opponents. I continue to love The Fiend. Um, and he continues to be dominant, but not in an annoying way, at least to me. Um, I enjoyed the strap uh, gimmick to it. Like I said, I think if they let them use it the right way, Uh, It could be fun. And it was. Um, I just really enjoyed this match. There's not a whole lot I have to say about it. Um, I think the right person won. I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was, you know, it was a good match. Um, Next up, Becky defeated Asuka um, to retain the Raw Women's Championship. I thought this match was great, too. Um, Seemed like the perfect length. They both got in a good amount of offense. Um, There wasn't, like, too much Kyrie Sane involved. Um, and like we said on the preview show, um, someone in the, in the chat said Becky needs to find a way to reverse the green mist. And she essentially did in literally kicking the mist out of her, um, which I thought was a really cool visual, really cool way to end the match of her kicking the the mist out of her and then applying the disarm her and getting Oscar to tap. Um, storyline wise, this made complete sense for Becky to get this win. Um, you know, she looked great in it. it she didn't, it wasn't like dominant, uh, which is good for Asuka because she still looks good. Um, but Becky finally got that win over her and now she gets to move on to WrestleMania where I'm assuming she's going to lose the Raw Women's Championship to Shayna Baszler. Um, because I will actually be shocked if they book Charlotte versus Becky because that will just be 
the thousandth time that that's happened. Um, and I just have no interest in watching that. And Becky versus Shayna is a fresh match. It's really interesting. Um, and I do think we're getting pretty close to the time where Becky needs to drop the belt um, just because she literally has beaten, like, everyone. Like, she's beaten Charlotte, Ronda Rousey. Uh, I believe she's beaten Nia Jax. I can't remember. Maybe not. Um, who else? Charlotte. 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 Um, Bailey. Asuka now. Um, Natalia. Um, Lacey Evans. She, you know, she's beaten any, anyone that there is to beat. Um, but I was really happy with this match. Really enjoyed it. And then finally was the Men's Royal Rumble, uh, which Drew McIntyre won, uh, which I think was the right call. And I predicted it correctly, which I thought was pretty cool because I think it's kind of hard to correctly predict a winner for a Rumble because there's 30 different, you know, people who it could be. And sometimes not all 30 of those people are even confirmed to know who's going to be in it. So, um, you know, that being said, I I don't know how I feel about the Men's Royal Rumble match. At the end of the day, I enjoyed it because I like who won. We got the return of Edge, which is really cool. But it felt to me like the first half, I get what they were doing, and they were building up Brock to be such this, no one can get him out. He's, you know, unbeatable. How is anyone going to stop him to then letting Drew be the one who gets him out of being like, man, you know, who's going to do this? Oh my gosh, Drew just did it. This guy is unstoppable. And then having him win, he's just on this massive push. I get it. I get the build to that, but it just felt like it was too much build um, and too much was, was wasted for that. Um, I think it was... He eliminated 13 people. So I think it was 15 different entrants were wasted for, for that build, um, for that Drew McIntyre elimination, which just didn't seem necessary to me, um, especially when you have guys like Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, Kofi Kingston, uh, Big E, who are just getting, you know, they showed up to have 30 seconds in the Royal Rumble, and that was their night. Um, you know, I get it with guys like Bobby Roode. Um, who else? Uh, Elias. Um, you know, throw like Heath Slater in there. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, even like, I'm fine with like Lesnar eliminating like Big E. And like um, Rey Mysterio, Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, I'm fine with him eliminating them. But the fact that none of them got more than like two bits of offense in or like more than 30 seconds at all in the match is just like another big F you to Kofi Kingston. Um, It's the same old, same old with Rey Mysterio. Um, and I really thought they could have done more with Keith Lee in like making him look like a formidable foe, but then he can't quite get it done and Brock eliminates him. You know, like I get building it up so Drew's the one to eliminate him. I think that was the right call. I agree. I'm down with it. Loved it. But like let Keith Lee hit a spirit bomb on Brock Lesnar or let him, you know, get an elimination on him. Or not elimination. Uh, clothesline just like anything um you know just something instead of him coming in like hitting a clothesline on brock and then him and braun fighting and then brock just eliminating both of them i don't know i just thought it was a little too much like maybe do it with like the first like seven or eight entrants and then have like keith lee come in get a little bit of offense in kofi biggie guys like that like get some offense in um you know, and they still have, I still have the elimination go down exactly as it did because I thought it was perfect, but it was just leading up to that, which was just it was just a little too much for me. But after that, I thought the rumble was great. Um, really enjoyed it. So it was great pay per view all the all around, um, all the way through. A lot of good matches. There weren't really any duds. Um, you know, the Bailey Lacey Evans match was kind of a dud. 
Um, but there's only so much you can do when you're following up a Royal Rumble match. Like the crowd's going to be dead. They're going to the toilet. They're going to concessions. It's just, that's, you can't really do anything about that. Um, but yeah, so fully enjoyed that, uh, pay-per-view and I'm, I'm looking forward to now the road to WrestleMania and see what all match buildups we get for, for the big one. Um, but yeah, so outside of that, um, I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, yeah so make sure you're following all the social medias Instagram and Facebook are Sports Talk with Swag excuse me Twitter is STWS Cast um, Twitch is twitch.tv slash Sports Talk with Swag um, you can write an email to Sports Talk with Swag at gmail.com if there's any topics you want me to cover um, or if you know you want to come on the show or if you have anything you want to say about it, um, let me know. Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating on, on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks for stopping by, giving a listen, um, giving a watch to this show. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.